Uh, this is Dylan Grassel. You're listening to the TPS Reports. Why? <laughs> TPS Reports! Yeah. 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 I'm a millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire Tougher than Nigerian hair My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair A venereal disease like a menstrual bleed Through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind Cause I don't write shit, ain't got the time My seconds, minutes, hours go to almighty dollar And the almighty power be that cha-cha-cha-cha-chopper Sister, brother, son, daughter, father, motherfucker, copper Got the Maserati dancing on the bridge Pussy popping till the copper's <laughs> you can't catch them, you can stop them, man. <laughs> I go by gurus, beat them, and you pop them, you. Can't man them, and you mop them, you can't stand them, and you drop them, you. Pop them, cause they pop them like, oh, I'm a red and fucker, motherfucker, oh, I'm ill. Oh, my goodness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment Alert. of Alert. the TPS Reports podcast. Board up your windows now. Uh, yeah. It's Monday. It's Monday. Today is the day Wednesday. before Election Day, and then the podcast comes out the day after Election Day. What do you think is happening right now? Right now, not now. Angry. <laughs> Are you Fire. aware that you're drinking uh, what? <laughs> Caffeinated coffee crystals. <laughs> Caffeinated coffee crystals. You bastard. That's the best. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope everybody's um, alive and well out there. We certainly. We're one of those things. We're alive. alive. We're, we're still kicking. Alive. Mm. You were saying the other week uh, how it's like sad that we're in this like point as a country where we have to mute the mics at a presidential debate and stuff. Yeah, well, I'm, I think it's sad that well people look at that like like yeah that makes sense. We should always have had right. that. It's like no. I think it's, it's also courtesy. sad that uh, the day before a presidential election, it's now. It's regular that businesses are boarding up their windows all around the city. Yeah, let's normalize that. It's been normalized. Yeah, we should just do that. We should prepare, take necessary precautions for shit that shouldn't be a necessary precaution at all. I assume people will try and burn my business down if the guy they want, they don't want, wins an election. I said I I don't think, uh, I think either way, uh, whatever happened has happened by now, if you're listening to this. Uh, Maybe not though. Maybe not. There's a whole speculation that there's going to be like 70 days of like kind of recount type of right. the mail-ins not <laughs> accurate and I think regardless of, of where it goes, it's not going to be pretty per se. But I don't see if Joe Biden won. I don't see like Republicans in big numbers going and burning down shit and and looting and. I do see that if Donald Trump wins. I do right, see... Right, well, Republicans have also had, I guess, who's their guy for four... So, you know, it's going to be business as usual if they haven't been burning things down for four years. Why do that? Unless you're going to do it in celebration, like you won the Stanley Cup, you know? Right. One of those riots where it's like, yeah, we won! And then you burn the city down. Maybe, but probably not. <clears throat> Here's the um, 
the best what? Sir, do you realize that you are not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you son of Colombian a bitch. coffee crystals. That's the Democrats' face right there. When, when the news comes in. Donald Trump has taken Nevada. The Electoral College. And Florida goes it. to Donald Trump. You son of a bitch. And Georgia you goes to Donald no Trump. Good damn. And still, <laughs> President of the United States. Yeah, that's what's going on right now. Right now, as in two days from now, right now. Right. The listeners right, right now. Now. N- wait. Now. Right. Right. Now. Right now. <laughs> oh, man. So we are alive, but we looked dead on um, our Halloween live scream. Yeah, neither one of us has hair. On our faces. And it's bugging me. My face, mostly. Mostly my face. I don't okay. like not having a mustache anymore. Me neither. Uh, I, in fact, I when I shaved, because I, I took it down in layers, I had the goatee for a couple of days, but I didn't leave and I didn't really consider that it was all going away for Halloween, which makes sense for the costume's sake. Nobody had facial hair in, mm-hmm. in the idle hands rolls. They're playing high school kids. Sure. So we... Uh, I did that, but I took you know the beard off. I looked at myself in the mirror with a mustache for just like one minute, and I was like, "Fuck!" Did you Hitler I sh- it? I should have rocked. Did this. you Hitler? I it? did not. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I had a stream to prepare for, and I was uh, you know one thing on. You the next. always have time. You <laughs> Look at this. Look at how much how many how much time I had, and how many pictures that I could it take. It must be nice to have all the time in the world to dress up like Hitler for Halloween, and even when it's not Halloween. Yeah, the term is swiping through his, <laughs> both directions of his phone. There's just nonstop Hitler stash pics. <laughs> you gotta. That's bro. not a very good Hitler stash, by the way. It looks like double. It's like a two X Hitler. It's like a mustache. It doesn't right. look. It's a it's a mustache. Hitler's it's not a, was wider than people think. It wasn't think. that wide. Pull up Hitler. Pick Google stuff about Hitler for me right now. For sure. Just put that. I don't in have your to. I don't even have to type history. it in. It's in my <laughs> <H>. bookmarks. <laughs> Autofill H. Hitler mustache pics. Hitler stash. <laughs> Hitler stamps. Here's the and here's the uh, the resolution of it's called the toothbrush. The citizens after the election that. announcement. Mr. Hart, how do you feel about your experience on hidden camera? Angry. Thank you. So look at that. To put it lightly, hmm? Hmm? I still say hmm? yours has hmm? no. Yours is his. He had more Mine's upper going lip. Going a little bit out the nostrils. You have a bitch ass upper lip. Like his is a, a lengthy a upper bitch lip. Bitch ass upper lip. Yeah. Look at his. There's so much room vertically for mustache. Like it, it looks like a Hitler stash because it's like it's taller than it is wide. You don't have a tall enough upper lip to get the true Hitler stash. He doesn't even have a lip. These mm. bird lips. I got some. Why? That doesn't make any sense. I, I feel like it's a painting. That, there's too much space between lip and nose. Why? Why is it that tall? No one's mustache is taller than it is wide. Hmm. He's got a chode, he looks ridiculous. A chode stash. <laughs> he has a real jerk, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just keep. That but no, there. I didn't. I didn't go with the Hitler stash. I did enjoy my mustached face, which I hadn't. I hadn't shaved the beard in years. Years. Four years, actually. That's what I'm saying this is like your first opportunity to go Hitler in years. There's a lot of opportunities for the first time in four years going on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the most positively, my baby face. But I look ridiculous. I don't like it. I, I look in the mirror today, and I'm just like, yuck. This is I'm a chin. How I felt anytime I look in the mirror mm-hmm. since I don't feel like a man anymore. 
No, I'm back no. to a boy, a 30-year-old boy. Uh, but yeah, live stream went well. Went um, great. A lot of fun. Thanks for everybody who did watch. And if you didn't watch, you could still watch it on our YouTube. Uh, the one big drawback in my head, just my fucking video perfectionist head, the thing was not in HD. I think we figured it out this time, though. Like, for next time. No one's complaining. A couple <clears throat> people complain. That's okay. where, and, but Fuck even them. if they didn't, that was like my big goal for this thing was like, make sure the video resolution is as good as it can be. And somehow we still overlooked a primary step to make that happen. Yada, yada, yada. It's fine. It's still there. It's uh, no one's losing any sleep over it. But uh, next time I think we figured it out and it should be because we're using like HD equipment. Yeah, it should be higher image resolution, but we, it just we wasn't. Fi- we figured it out. Both I believe times. the first time we put like no thought into video specs, and then this time we thought we made the right setting, and it was not. <clears throat> but uh, you know, minor, you know, moot point, small potatoes. Perhaps had we figured it out and put the stream in full 1080p HD crystal clear 4K vision. My Wi-Fi would have crashed. Uh, people would have more clearly seen me kick that cheese ball into your mouth. Yeah, that was insane. First try. I didn't watch. I've been taking Muay Thai, bro. Yeah, but I still think it was all luck. You could take Muay Thai for six more months and get better <clears throat> at kicks and then try that again. That didn't happen the first I mean, try. I didn't just start throwing kicks also. Well, you, know what I'm saying? you also tried at the end of the stream, and none of them hit. So it's not just a practice makes perfect thing. That was luck. That sir was luck. Mm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not accepting that. You think you have? I the drank. Skill? I drank. So by the end of it, I was a little tipsy. Look, we can do this again. We can run it <laughs> we back. We can do this all day. <laughs> we can run it back. We could try and justify. <laughs> we can. I'll buy another thing of cheese balls. Are they gone? Yeah, I finished those. Fuck. I mean, we finished most of them day of, but <clears throat> I made quick work of the leftovers. Yeah, uh, I felt like garbage. Next day? Next, same night, same pretty night. much. Yeah, turned to fall asleep on my couch. Uh, I drank some more of your makers. Drank pretty We smoked pretty a couple blunts. Thing. I don't think it had anything to do with the drinking and smoking. More so the uh, endless like chips and snacks. A lot of snacks. We did I get ate wings. at least five or six of the macarons that I brought for everyone. I ate probably more than anybody else. Yeah, you were complaining like I'm so full, about to pop, and I ate, but I wasn't. I didn't eat to that point. I didn't. And it was more the wings. booze and the weed for me. But uh, I think I stayed up for like at least an hour after everyone was either gone or asleep, and just stayed up drinking more alone, watching like a podcast, and uh, you know, really living it up alone. Uh, fun night. Feels like shit the next day. We're definitely uh, in our thirties. Yeah. At least I'll speak for myself. It wasn't like a, I've had more brutal hangovers, absolutely, but this was just like a uh, now this now all of Sunday is like can't get up off the couch really why would I bother? I think I've certainly reached that uh 30-year-old guy point of like I can't smoke uh, a bunch of weed anymore and especially socially like I used to. I think at this point I've completely given up on marijuana being like Something I can do socially. It used to be like hang out, a reason to hang out with my friends. And you wonder why you want to come over. You want to match, and uh, yeah, I don't need more than one hit. And even that one hit's going to make me introverted and like I got nothing to say to anyone. A fan wrote in a couple weeks ago where I was asked like, uh, "What's your preferred smoking method?" And I was like embarrassed to say like a one hitter that I just keep on the table because that's that sets me straight. Unless if I were I don't know if I were going. Uh, you know, to like a festival and stuff. Yeah, I'll indulge. I'm going to get fucked up at like a party or an event. A concert. A concert maybe, if I were just, you know, not performing. <clears throat> it's and if I were, Even if I were performing, we would smoke blunts and get hammered at live shows and then perform sets. 
I think we're not going to be able to do that as well in the future. Yeah, I just find myself very in my head. In your head. In my head! And, uh, like, I can't really express... Like, it's, it just ruins my sociability. Yeah, uh, you were not a social butterfly the other night. We had some people over at my crib last night and, like, one rotation of a joint, and they're having conversations, and I'm just like... Ugh. I got the drink. I got, I got nothing. The They're also having like an anti-masker conversation about like how those people suck. And I'm like, <laughs> y- y'all would consider me one. Yeah. So I'm not even going to. That's always fun. when It's you're... like eight against one right now. And I'm just going to fucking quietly sip my drink. The and... weed paranoia doesn't help that scenario where there's a room full of people in a conversation where you, in, you know, silently in your head know that you might not agree fully. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. rather than stir the pot. Nobody needs that right now. Everybody's yeah, someone said edge. something about how like uh, we discovered this year, uh, like a number of artists and musicians who we we loved uh, are anti-maskers. Like that's a reason to not Such love who? them anymore. Who are these? I don't even remember musicians. the examples. Uh, most of them. Term K. Palmer Squares. <laughs> <laughs> I was also so stoned at one point. They were talking about Nathan Felder, and it's going on for like five minutes, and and then it kind of just comes to me, and I'm like. I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't blah, know who you're talking blah, about. Blah, but I do know like who Nathan you. Felder is. It's the Nathan for you guy. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love that dude. He's very funny. I have no <clears> comments. <throat> Everybody's just in their turtle shell. I don't want to say anything that might get me canceled from my own <laughs> friendships. And I don't really know. And then you realize, like, I'm just really high. <laughs> I wish I was back on Pell Talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of fun check-ins. Um, got some uh, fan donations and stuff. People uh, from, you know, a, a past life we've forgotten about tune in check in there's like a few people from pal talk who i'd know like i still remember and when you say from pal talk that means in your like listening live to the opie and anthony show days opie and anthony show uh circa 2007 eight no because i was i was out of high school oh right so yeah 9 10 11 something like that between nine and 12 up until anthony got fired uh the host anthony cumia co-host um eventually got fired for tweets that he made and uh but beforehand he He was a pioneer of cancel culture oh yeah there was uh not many people before him that (laughs) got completely removed and he's one of those examples that i always go to when we talk about how like you know, one of the issues with cancel culture and not offering any path to redemption for those people is like you take someone. So I always use him as an example because what he said also to me, he got uh, he got like a new camera, expensive camera, went down to the city in New York, Manhattan at like two in the morning and was taking pictures of buildings with this new like fucking thousand dollar lens, maybe even more. Uh, and one of the pictures he took in like in the frame was a girl, young girl, probably an escort or stripper or something. Uh, and she was like in the frame and she assumed that he was taking pictures of her like a creep or whatever. And then she like confronted him and they exchanged some probably ugly words. And it wound up with her like swinging at him and, he got pu- beat up and by punching a him. Uh <laughs> And then, like, some guys rushed over, and they came to her aid and not his, even though, according to him, she started everything. Uh, and so the, so all he did was he left, and he tweeted. 
He didn't use violence or anything. He actually like carries a firearm on him legally that he didn't even think about drawing because it's not an appropriate occasion to draw one. His life wasn't threatened or anything. But what he his did career was, was in the some end. people might brandish it like an asshole or something because they feel threatened. Yeah. Not what he did. He tweeted. He just tweeted. He called her some ugly things. Uh, but he, one of the things that he tweeted was, there is a problem with violence in the black community. Address it and you will be exiled. And the response upon his company and all the people that wrote articles, like Anthony Cumi is a racist, racist and everything, uh, was they exiled him. So when you take a guy right. who makes a statement like that... There was also a, like a series of t- uh, tweets that they would label a racial, a racially fueled tirade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the one tweet, but first that tweet was uh, prophetic and correct. Where like he mentioned something that Whitey's not supposed to say, and he put it in type where there's no like subtlety; it's just right there. You will be exiled, and it, as a it result, comes to fruition. He was exiled, but also like uh, when you when you think about people being, it's really like the stature that gets you canceled over the words because he didn't use like the N word or anything like that you would call like hate speech. At, he I, said I, savage, and this was before savage had become like a very hip. Uh, term amongst you. Oh, people right. Like it's good now. You should have waited about. a few years. I'm a savage. Yeah. I'm a bad bitch. Yeah. Uh, it was before that. And he called her a savage. He didn't call black people savages. I think he, he said called something her about a savage uh, for the way that she behaved towards Right. Him. And said, like, that type of behavior is going to get, like, one of your homeboys is going to fuck you up one day or something like that. I think he said, like, I hope. Uh, I, feel, I feel like the worst words he said were homeboys and savage, <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> I said I, it's something like I believe he said like I hope a homeboy pops a cap in her someday or something. Yeah, like he that. said he was very angry uh, <laughs> for sure. Look, why can't you wish death on someone? But That's, I'm guessing I haven't I done can it. Hope I bet it's for in, anything, and it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I bet it'll auto-populate in term search. But if you just like search the N word on Twitter. There's a lot of it, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people are saying hateful things, mm-hmm. like white people using the word, not just a black society. Like, there's real... Th- and then, you know, uh, I guess is the fact that he was uh, a public figure who's influential and said something as crazy as, as savage um, in 2013 or whatever it was. Yeah, he, like, he got... Just he was gone from everything. He was fired overnight. It happened on a Friday. They wouldn't let him in the building as if he were like somebody who was a a violent criminal or something. It happened on a Friday night, I believe, and by Monday morning he was barred from the building. Right. And they were off weekends, so we never uh, never got a chance to like go back to work and and oh, this is also like a very it. shocking radio show, like a la Howard Stern, where like so much worse things were said on the air, right. not just by him but by all the guests, all people that would come in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's like it's like a, a precursor to almost roast battle and stuff like that, where they would just rip each other uh, casually. Comedians. And another and- thing that just uh, that I despise about what we call cancel culture now and didn't really have a term for it at the time, is that it's often led by... The effort to get the person canceled is often led by people who, until they were informed by BuzzFeed's article about what this guy said, didn't know who this guy was and had never listened to one second of the radio show. So... And it wasn't even that many people. You know, let's say 2,000 people total on Twitter were demanding that this guy be fired from his I show. I would assume it was much less. A so. show that a million people a day listen to. Right. Uh, 2,000 people demanded that those million people don't... They shouldn't be, get to listen to the thing that they like to listen to every day. Guys like me, who every day like to listen to this program, they said, you shouldn't be able to listen to that thing. And the yeah. company caved and they listened to them instead of the people that 
fucking tune into their programming. And they got rid of a thing. A bunch of people that didn't even know or like the thing that I like got rid of the thing that I sure. like and decided for me what I should and shouldn't be. I'm hearing. not even sure Sirius XM gave him a chance to like to read their written apology. Like, because normally now it's like apologize, which doesn't really appease the. Masses. I don't think he would have anyway. Of course he wouldn't have, and that's what it becomes with other people, like including the the Shane Gillis SNL thing. I know I'd heard him talk about that. They prepared the the apology tour for him, and these are the written statements that NBC right. has for you. And he's like, "No, I like I'm never going to do that." And you know, I always think that's the right call. Like, you should stick to your values, and if your like, values are free speech or your own, you know, being able to have your voice. It's kind of like the saying opposite. an apology that's not written by you or from your voice or right. sincere. You don't fake that shit and just say goodbye to your your life, really, and you got to start over. What they're asking for is kind of like the opposite of that whole idea of when you go to prison, just like punch the weakest, or I guess is the biggest guy you're supposed to punch. It's one or the other, either the smallest <laughs> or the biggest guy. Let me double check before I get when you get to prison, up. <laughs> like just fucking beat the shit out of somebody, you know? So they think like this guy doesn't take shit, or or he'd at least yeah. be a hard guy to fuck over uh it's kind of the opposite of that of like look you haven't even worked one day at the company but bend over in public and let us stick this apology up your ass to let everybody know that you you're a company man who will do what you're told right you have no principles um anyways why are we talking about this pal talk pal talk anthony from opie and anthony every day would host a chat room a website called pal talk that was like a very early uh form of like zoom you know, you could do like video conferences. Right, it's like a, a video chat room where they were. Right. You could watch uh, non-subscribers to SiriusXM could watch their show he via Pal Talk and he chat. He would plug his the feed to the show into Pal Talk, and in the the Opie and Anthony room, you could listen to the show live without having a serious subscription, which is the avenue that I took for sure. Uh, and then in there, you know. There's like there becomes, there's the cancelable hate speech. <laughs> there becomes like a camaraderie between this small community of of listeners, and you know they're all like familiar with the type of humor. It's very morbid humor and offensive humor of the show, and everybody tries to like. <clears throat> sometimes Anthony would even like look at the screen and laugh or like repeat a line that somebody typed on the show. So that was like an honor that you were trying to get. I got like one or two. Yeah, it's almost like we have people that are kind of regular callers of the show or um guy or whoever. It's like they yeah. had that community for their show of, hey, this guy's checking in or here's a line from so-and-so and you would fire off lines trying to you know, get yours. Those are where the samples on Spooky Language, well, the album Spooky Language, the song Bring the Bacon come from where it says, you know, there's a radio show sample, obviously. P-A-L-M-E-R squares. That was term, writing in live on Pal Talk or tweeting a link to the show live. As you did ten years ago, they did. Um, they had a black dude called into the show because they were talking about hip hop, and a black dude called in the show and was saying like, "Man, y'all old white motherfuckers have no business talking about hip hop. Y'all don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Opie also had a little thing. It wasn't a chat room, but you can type in messages, and he would get all those right. messages. Uh, and so a bunch of people were sending him rap guy names, rappers names to. To try and act like he knew what he was talking about with this guy. So I typed in a few of them. I typed in like Mac Miller. I typed in like Kendrick Lamar. And I could hear that he's taking the things that I'm saying. He asked the guy like, well, what about Mac Miller? And what about Kendrick Lamar? And I'm right. like, okay, he's he's reading my shit. So the third one I sent in, the Palmer Squares. And he goes, 
And what about the Palmer Squares? You think they got a shot at making it huge or what? <laughs> Man, I don't even know who the hell the Palmer Squares are. Yeah, That's and even, where that clip came even from. now in 2020, it would be justifiable <laughs> for your average radio show caller or listener to not know at all who the fuck we are. And this, mm-hmm. this made even more sense. This is like 10 years ago. Uh, but yeah, the, the kind of things that went down in the Pal Talk room were like beyond... Uh, like cancel the people who perpetrate cancel culture like couldn't even fathom some of the things. No, they that, would recoil. <laughs> they'd have to go to like therapeutic counseling. They would they would <laughs> heave into buckets. I never did the pal talk thing. I never saw these uh, these the commentary, but I've heard tales of like the gross shit. It was fun, uh, and a, and a lot of times you would get like a um a lot of like dudes from India, a lot of like foreigners would go on there and they would be looking to like jack off on camera for you and stuff. And this was like young cutie pie term. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I would put my webcam up every day uh, and I would get a lot of like unsolicited fucking private messages from dudes who want to jerk off to me. How and many then you would have guys you think jerk to you over the course of your listening. A good, like, two big handfuls, for sure. <laughs> of dick <laughs> as he jerks. He, like, um, would just fuck his hand as he held it stationary. And, you know, sometimes in the in the chat room, you and another fan would, like, be sparring, like, going back and forth. And, you know, there's, like, equity and winning. Yeah, now you're in a roast battle, like, minus comedy. You're just you're right. yelling vile shit at each other via text message. So when you get those private messages, it was a good, like, chance to practice, you know? And, like, berate this guy who's just trying to jerk off. But, you know, some of them kind of deserved it when it got to, like, a creepy level of, like, yeah. like consistently messaging me back after I told him to fuck off. Uh, and you would say, I would say disgusting, ugly things that would keep you up at night. <laughs> yeah, and, like, but call it what you want. And, sure, this is, like, uh, you know. Not even, like, racial things. Just, like, fucking talking just about kill yourself stuff. dead parents or whatever worms eating their faces yeah stuff that might have inspired lines about like beheading and shitting down neck holes later in raps you yes. know like that type of stuff precursor um but you know say what you want or feel however about i don't know offensive comedy or shock jock radio and howard stern era shock type shit. jockery um that like that changed the world and the game for what like the fact that anybody listens to us uh, that we were ever inspired to do a podcast. The, the, the fact that Joe Rogan was ever inspired to do his podcast, and now podcasting are podcasts are the industry, you know, the home industry norm of like anybody can do this, and it's it is radio. It's just like revolutionized radio that I feel like those guys were responsible for, especially when you exile one of the legends in that, and then they they have to start over from scratch, build their own home studio right. and stuff like that. Um, and that there's so many uh, fucking the people who think they're entertainers, me and you, like people who are less entertaining than people that were on Sirius XM. Everybody can have a fucking podcast. It's a whole world. Like this is the new, that is the new normal as much as you hate to hear that, you know? And it started with shows like that. I feel I, to why we ended up doing more than just rap music. Like anybody who has a podcast like you who might listen to other podcasts. I avoid at any opportunity. I avoid saying that we do a podcast like publicly. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> I, I hate it. I do. How many times would you say that off mic after a show you saw frustration in me to where I wanted to like never do one of these again? <laughs> Two big handfuls. <laughs> uh, yeah, my roommate today is shooting a music video, uh, and I, I'm sure that it's going to come out really dope. Um, the filmmaker, she's staying at our, our crib and she showed us some of the stuff that she's done and it's fucking super awesome. They were saying they wanted me to come hang out at the shoot. I could be in it or whatever, be an extra or anything. And I was like, 
uh, I gotta Mondays, go record my. Uh, Monday's the day we record, <laughs> so it was one of those very awkward, like I'm busy, made up sounding. Like I have stuff to I gotta do. Gotta wash my hair. <laughs> no, I'm just like I got. Uh, we're doing things tomorrow. I gotta do some things. We're oh, recording. Yeah, what type of things? I don't I like things. I don't want to <laughs> say that every Monday we record our podcast. It comes out on Wednesday, so it gives my buddy time on Tuesday to edit it. Uh, yeah. But that's also maybe this is this is how you were, and I guess both of us were uh, with admitting we were rappers. Oh, I still am. Yeah, but it, that more is like somebody's going to ask you what you do for a living. You're still going to like musician. Say, I make music. Musician. Me and my buddy make music. It's like what kind of music? Bad music. Uh, Shitty rap. White rap music. <laughs> and then it's always when I do say it, it's always like we're rappers. Yeah, it's always like you put your head in down. A, like, yeah, ah, it's in the tone of like, I'm sorry. You asked me three different <laughs> ways. I don't know how else to this. say it anymore. Listen. We we rank, we Let rap. me level with you. Let me listen to me, okay? I rap. But yeah, you gotta like the worst is uh or like when I would meet my girlfriend's parents years ago and that type of shit where it's like, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. And the, those types of ah took me long enough to tell my own parents. Right. Like it there's just something <laughs> that's a little less glamorous than like, yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a drummer in a band. It's like, oh, Musicality. It's just a douche connotation that comes with it. It's also because if you're not like uh, a hip hop head or have spent over a decade or two like us listening to all music or hip hop music, definitely like having your your foot in the water. I feel like just saying rap conjures up something in like certainly the over fifty suburban white. Like it's just not. Uh, they're immediately comparing. They don't me respect to Logan us. Paul or something. Yeah. Even though I don't. What think they, what their frame of reference? But seriously, that's like not a bad example to me. They, they something think like of the that last is what they think. Douchey of. young white kid on TikTok that they saw and they compare you to them. Yeah. Or they'll like they'll be like, oh, you ever heard of Hamilton or something? It's just like, well, you don't. You're making a a, a leap and a bound from what I do to like, oh, you like I know a guy who you know. I've heard of a, a rap thing. It was educational, and so we don't, I don't want to do this. Anytime somebody brought up Hamilton for like, I don't know, the whole time yeah. I hadn't seen it, I was just like, it would always be like from A to B of like, oh, you're a rapper. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, lyrical rap. Hamilton? Like, right. No. Nothing against Hamilton. I watched it on Disney+. Plus. I was like very, uh, you know, impressed with all that. But uh, yeah, there's just some sort of like scarlet letter, or at least in our heads, telling somebody that you want to respect you. You know, I don't know. That's why you lie on your resume and shit about just like you try to make yourself look as good as possible. Not like, yeah, I don't have a real job actually. I'm a I rap at my house and I do a podcast and I dress up like stoners from movies and paint my face I'm and then 30. go live on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my 30s. In Ten years, I'll be a 40 year old person. <laughs> it's weird, um, but yes, the live stream was great. I think that's what we're trying to say here. It was a good time. Paltalk was, was fun this, and the live stream was too. There are like some people from Paltalk. I was Truth Diggins to everybody. So my pal talk family knows me as Truth Diggins. Right, that's where we're going with this. So many people start chiming in, like uh, Jackson Hahn from uh, San Pedro. He mm-hmm. donated like almost a hundred dollars or a hundred dollars. But that was like I saw his name, and it's just like you know the homie. I know this guy, and they go like so far even before that, which was like a 2012 trip. People that remember Truth Diggins' name on. Opie and Anthony Pal talk, and now they're watching a Palmer Squares it, fucking live crazy stream. To that's me. you know, it's a long time. Because that was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, we were still like in the spooky language, square tactics. Dude, this is bu- like yeah, like pre that specifically, like Philly Blunt and the YouTube stuff was so, what like, we more had. And Opie and Anthony, uh, like fan base, was not a very hip hop oriented fan base at all. So I was made fun of a lot for that uh, fact yeah. that that's what I do. Or was trying to do at the time, 
And uh, it's it just blows my mind that like anyone some people hung in there. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember the dude who messaged during the live stream. That's like my point was I only remember like a select handful. Uh, Emily, Kurt Love. There's a few of them uh, who made a lasting impression. <clears throat> but it blows my mind to think that anybody from that uh, that fan base would have like been interested enough to look at what we do and yeah. and stuck with it for this long. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few people in there, and that's that's cool to see. Like that, you know, like let's the unlikely crowd you wouldn't expect to be our day ones. You know, that was like day one shit before mm-hmm. we had Spooky Language EP and Muffhugger and all those things that might have had more people listening to us over time. Um, but yeah, that, that was. Uh, I was, that's, we're just comedy nerds. We just got exposed Big to, uh, I, I also just watched the five part series on Showtime, the comedy store. And the, the fourth episode is a little draggy, but it's like, it's, it's basically, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like a plug for everyone's podcasts. They, and they're talking about how Rogan revolutionized like comedy promotion and, and the store. Like when he returned there, the Carlos Mencia fight that happened there. We're just like comedy nerds. And it goes back <clears throat> to listening to shows you know, like Opie and Anthony and then discovering comedians like Bill Burr and Louis C.K. and Patrice O'Neill and Dave Attell, Louis more C. so is, through that show. Is why I started listening to Opie and Anthony was yeah. uh, him putting out the 2005 One Night Stand special and then Shameless came after that and really liking this guy and then YouTubing, I want more yeah, Louis C.K. content. Yeah, an interview or something. And then I would YouTube and see these episodes of some show uh, with, with you know Louis on it, but it's like three hours long. I don't want to listen to all that. Louis had a lot of good commentary in the Comedy Store uh, docu series I was watching, and then they were talking in the they, the last episode. They have a whole bunch of comedians to get together to c- talk about cancel culture, really. And then they say, and it's it's like fucked up that they that Louis not there for that. Like you need to have him, and they but his interviews are separate. And then he has a, a great quote about like when someone tells me that there's something that was too terrible to joke about. That's like hearing that there's some disease out there too terrible to cure. You know, just a lot of like comedic wisdom of it's how he approaches his shit. But also, yeah, like laughter being medicine in a sense or whatever. Yeah. And like that's why you uh, tackle personal or relatable or serious, dark, tragic stuff in comedy. And there's just some <clears> people I feel will never fully accept that or one have of my, the understanding of a, a fucking nerd. One like of my us. favorite jokes of Louis C.K. is uh, I judge how good of a person you are by how long after 9-11, it t- how long it was after 9-11 that you jerked off for the first time. Yeah. Mine was in between the two towers falling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking fantastic joke. It's got Louis Dick in it. It's very funny. Know, uh, <laughs> <coughs> um, but yeah, to all the way to where uh, after, like it sucked because I, I enjoyed listening to Opie and Anthony too. Not Usually not live, but I would cue those episodes up on YouTube just like you. I Especially when I was like working a desk job, man. I would four just in the morning. play old episodes of that to like pass time at work while I'm doing some fucking menial task. At, at my old job mm-hmm. um listen to so much of that shit and then like Five? the show gets derailed like they, they fire a dude and then i ended up uh i will watch his uh you know he has started his own network after in the first show he brought on besides his own was legion of skanks and they became my like replacement for opie and anthony they were like yeah. my new that now and they're like my one of my favorite shows we've talked about it we played skank fest last year which was for fucking so many reasons and more like a, a dream come true yeah like louis popped out and did comedy like it was i can't thank those guys and their show enough for really like bridging the stuff that not only us but comedy nerd fans like i'm talking about and comedians that grew up listening 
to these shows and now do comedy professionally like you just owe so much to them and they're like uh you know it's being brave back then to say so much crazy shit where now language policing is one of the biggest issues in the fucking country i feel like yeah that people don't talk about enough maybe but people don't want you to be able to say shit uh, it's it's wild it's, it's ironic how many people have their own podcast and platform that, and you know serious xm free speech all this type of shit where you could lose your job there, and then you you have nothing but your mic and at home. But there are ways to get through that now. And then Rogan starts something that is like the podcast revolution. You can tell me you don't think there's thousands of people out there that don't want Rogan gone, and never just you know just completely without a mic. They do. He has Alex <clears throat> Jones on, and now that gives them some more fucking kindling for the flame of get Rogan out of fucking public society. Yeah, I really. Uh... I don't understand why everybody's so gung ho. There's a lot of people out there that apparently just don't want everybody to have the same right of being able to, to speak some people lump him so far right uh Rogan? I, I don't understand it really i've seen like and and it there's like humor in him i've seen these little like charts like horseshoe charts of like far left examples and far right examples yeah. and there's like clearly jokes in there uh bum fight vhs owners you know, way yeah. on the right side. But Joe Rogan is always lumped in to the right side. And there's even people like in some of my social circles who are extremely left. And you feel this almost like this judgment the second you mention how you support anything having to do with Joe Rogan. Uh, just this off the bat judgment of like, I don't, I don't understand why it became assumed as such a right wing thing. I think uh, he just represents in some people's minds like a, uh, like, toxic masculinity because you look at him and he's just a bald brute white male yeah who like will say something over you know he talks for hours a day every day for a living he's going to say some stuff that's going to be disagreeable to different communities and shit so, i don't know i just think there's that like he's just like a strong veiny bald white dude and they just like saying you're a, a rapper and that kind of puts a scarlet letter on you some people just look at a guy like rogan and just go like i don't like guys like that right but i I think that uh, it, people, it should be much more normalized, uh, people being open to listening to people that they don't all the time agree with. But if you suggest that, more you have to apologize. That's, that's was, another staple. When I was a big Opie and Anthony fan, I always found Anthony, uh, as 99 plus percent of the listeners should have and probably did, funnier than Opie. Uh, but I never... Like, Anthony wasn't the guy that I, at the time, when I was in college and shit, I think I would have thought of myself then as, as like, much more kind of, like, mindlessly liberal of just, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like, he was not a guy that I always agreed with. No. I just, like, I want to laugh. Yeah, I'm there for the funny. And sometimes... And you got to dodge some goofy conservative ideologies. Sometimes how disagreeable he's being is funny. It would be funny. That Yeah. To say something outrageous is another tenet of comedy that, yeah, a lot of folks just want to, like, turn the mic off on you because why would you say that? That's not funny. It's like, no, the point of it, it's funny because it's outrageous. You'd never do that. It's so, you know... Again, the nine eleven thing, to like masturbating to a, uh, a nationwide tragedy. It's not like, even nobody would it. do that. I don't get it. It's like during it. It was right. during it. That's the joke. Yeah, it's not like he's looking out his window in Manhattan, <laughs> maybe, but he changed the channel. But oh. the point is that he masturbated between the two towers falling. The tragedy wasn't over. Either way, you're uh, juxtaposing something uh, enjoyable, like an orgasmic sensation, with something like that's not enjoyable, like terrorism attacks. Some people find that funny. Some people don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know what to tell you, but you should let the uh, 
you know, everybody should have their chance to be funny or unfunny. It's healthy. You can't just shut everybody up or everybody you don't like up for the foreseeable future. It's healthy to challenge your own viewpoints. If you think you disagree with things, uh, to watch some of the content that you feel you probably disagree with, to understand yeah. why you disagree with it. If you don't like Ben Shapiro, watch an episode of the Ben Shapiro show and, and like, Make like confirm with yourself why you don't like Ben Shapiro and exactly what it is. I remember a that few you years don't ago, just dislike him because the people that influence you told you not to like him. Years ago, uh, liberal filmmaker Mark Duplass of the Duplass Brothers, mm-hmm. very liberal, liberal guy. Filmmaker. I mean, I don't know what else to call him. I like. <laughs> I think. I think he's a dope filmmaker. No, but he's known for. He's he's a super liberal guy, and yeah. he made a statement once, I believe just on Twitter, that said, mentioning Ben Shapiro, is like, I know a lot of my followers and listeners and supporters, uh, you know, have similar ideologies to myself, but I, like like you're saying, I think it's great to get a wider array of perspectives. In fact, I'd suggest, and he said, listen to Ben Shapiro, listen to something, like he gave a little list. A day or two later, he was tweeting, oh, I'm so sorry, I did not realize I'm the impact so of sorry. my words. I, I got you bullied into. I bit. got bullied into <laughs> apologizing for saying, be open-minded. You know? The first time I ever encountered Ben Shapiro was after Sandy Hook. He was on the Piers Morgan show, back when that was a show. Uh, and he was taking the stance of anti-gun control, and Piers Morgan was taking the stance of gun control. And I thought that they had a, a, a fantastic exchange Fantastic in the in like that Ben Shapiro fantastically made Pierce Morgan look like an ass. Yeah, uh, and that Pierce Morgan and also I would probably be more for gun, like I, I guess the Pierce argument, but I could watch something like that and have my opinions challenged or still have my same opinions of like I'm not I'm not anti gun Uncle Gun. Come on, I am Uncle Gun. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, they just treat everybody. Cancel culture is like another way of saying like you're too fucking stupid to decide what is a, like a crazy person's ramblings and mm. what might have logic or truth behind it. You're t- you don't you let me make that distinction for you and hit the mute button on fucking anybody that I decide. Right. Like, no, I'll, I'll I'll watch somebody and go, wow, I don't agree with that. That changes nothing about how I believe. In fact, it's a little uncomfortable. Hear another thing, same person, and go like, I agree with that. That actually changes the way. It's we're not all fucking totally retarded. Come on. Right. The fact that I know uh, that he's a Republican and that we disagree on uh, gay marriage equality or the legalization of marijuana, small issues like that, doesn't mean that that I know for sure that I'm going to have to disagree with whatever he has to say regarding gun control. Uh, You can find little areas where you agree with who you've been taught to perceive as the enemy. You know, not not everybody on the opposition. Opposition doesn't have to mean enemy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And and in that appearance, I thought the guy came off very well. Pierce Morgan was clearly like... Frazzled. Using just emotion uh, rather than logic... And I love that at some point in the exchange, Ben Shapiro, Pierce Morgan got very offended when Ben Shapiro said that what you're doing is you're dancing on the graves of the children of Sandy Hook. What you're basically saying is that because little kids are dead, I'm not allowed to have my argument. And that's bullshit. What we're supposed to be doing is arguing the Second Amendment. And, and you just keep using these dead little kids. You know, and it's, it's not about dead little... There's always going to be dead little kids regardless of you know, what What measures of gun control you think are, are going to be instituted. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you're, you're using them as, as kind of props 
to make your political point. And Piers Morgan got very, got very upset. And then Ben Shapiro uh, brought him a, a copy of the Constitution, and he slid <laughs> it across the desk and said, "Here, I brought this for you." And Piers Morgan then, in response, like said, Just "Threw it across the room." No, but he said something about like. Peace. Uh, you, you bring your little book or whatever, and he's like, "My little book? That's the United States Constitution, right? That's everything that we're talking about." Um, yeah, Pierce Morgan's show stunk. <laughs> I remember uh, <clears throat> that was like one of the also early signs of Alex Jones kind of becoming, kind of falling into this uh, trap from the mainstream media. And uh, into this trap of like we're gonna make paint you out to be a loon. Sometimes we reference uh, Patrice O'Neill's old analogy of marbles up the ass, uh, which is basically like they take a guy who says something that's right, but it's against the interests of the powers that be, and it's controversial. So what they do is about that guy. They present a story to the public that has nothing to do with what he's talking about. But they'll tell you, for example, that uh, this guy shoves marbles up his ass while he has sex. And now, regardless of what this guy brings to you, be it factual, controversial, yeah, something you should I'm not know. I'm going to listen to a guy who puts marbles in his ass. You're always going to think about that other thing about it that he's that he puts marbles in his ass. And that takes us back it's to It's always going to be on the forefront of your mind and you're not going to listen to anything. Conversation we had at the say. beginning of quarantine in March, I think about like the CIA developing the term conspiracy theorist. To do just that, it's that's the marbles in your ass. Right. Now it's just it's, it, oh, he's a conspiracy a, theorist. A label you you on don't want to listen to anything he says. They stamp once they stamp a label on you, it, it doesn't really matter what you have to say, how factual what you have to say is. That label is stamped on you and people see that before they hear what you're trying to tell them. Uh, Alex Jones went on Piers Morgan, and he what he did was uh, he's like the first person I'd ever seen on a mainstream news outlet who was combating their narrative. And at one point, he says how uh, he brought up Big Pharma and said how that none of these major news companies will ever <clears throat> criticize Big Pharma because they're in bed with Big Pharma and Big Pharma advertises on their networks. He was immediately cut off, and they went to commercial. And then where he put the marbles in his own ass was, it was like, I feel like this was a lot of people in America's introduction to Alex Jones. And it's it's sad because they, got, they got him. No, what he said was on Piers Morgan, he said, I think they were talking about gun control. Uh, and he was, you know, if you come and take my guns. He used the words, he said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1776 will commence! <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, he, Alex. To be fair, he does shove a lot of, marbles into his own butt yeah you know uh, but that. i think they kind of like goaded him into that uh and, and it's unfortunate that like that's what a lot of people's introduction to this guy was was oh he's a kook yeah this guy's off his rocker i watched the episode of him and tim dylan on joe rogan's show this great last week and uh like we we were actually gonna see tim dylan we're fans of tim dylan's comedy. We we've seen him before we met tim dylan one time last couple times we had tickets last wednesday which is the day after the episode was put up uh, and the day the episode was put up last Tuesday, I got an email from the ticket company saying that the show has been canceled. Illinois is going through more like uh, backpedaling on their, you know, Corona stuff and stores are open right. last even and I got to wear masks more so and whatever. I don't know. It's just, um, so yeah, no, no shows allowed. Illinois is robbing, uh, 
waitresses and public servants of their income. Anyway, I tried to listen to the Kanye also. I was like, oh, Kanye's on Rogan. This seems like a big thing. I couldn't make it half an hour. I don't hour. know one person. I haven't even tried to He's listen to He's an unlistenable it. bore, much like, like ourselves. It doesn't interest me that much. I know like months ago, even before he said he was going to run for president, they like kind of teased him being on Rogan, and it was exciting then. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, like I don't even care. I feel like Rogan had, knew he had to make up for that one. He's like, all right, let me just bring Alex I, on. <laughs> I don't know one person who's listened to that and has gotten further than like 40 minutes. TBS Reports Podcast at gmail.com if you could make it all the way through the Kanye Rogan. Taggy made it all the way through. That's actually... Yeah, but that, I don't know. That He's an anomaly. Much. Yep. Um, Maybe Anomaly made it all the way through. There's uh, another He's made a big name past. for himself. Um... What were you talking about? Literally just now that I already forgot. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Cancel yeah. culture. Entertaining. It was an entertaining episode. And again, I I, I felt like there, there were the parts, and they did a good job of trying to uh, keep it, uh, keep the truth in the foreview also. Like, hold on, stop. Finally the truth. Let me, uh, you know, let's double check. And then, um, yeah, you can just decide, and it helps with some research <clears throat> on the spot. But even the stuff that's not, it's just, a, it was fucking... It was entertaining. It was it was all sorts of shit. Right. It was funny. Sandy you might have learned a few things. You might have learned some things that weren't true. And then also, you, those two guys are friends. And the whole last 20 minutes is like Rogan just worried about his friend. And Alex Jones saying like, I grind my teeth so hard at night. I break teeth. Like I, I can't eat right. right. These this news stories are ruining my life. And it's just like, this guy needs help. Like rather than silence him and ruin his psychoses even more, Rogan's at least trying to like look out for his buddy. Hey, I'll give you that voice. I, I'm not afraid so, to fucking put you on. And also, I'm worried about you. Let me help you out. Get you a trainer, man. I'm gonna. I live in Texas now. Well, uh, I'm gonna take a break from the news. Let's get you a dietitian. It's like that's some real ass shit happening in in that moment of friends like worried about each other. And part of the reason they're so worried about each other right. is because the the public wants them both fucking silenced. So he's another guy I think who's a great example of cancel culture and why it's bad to not offer a path to re to redemption for people who get quote unquote canceled uh as he's the type of guy who you're only going to send back to where he's from and like be further convinced he was deplatformed by the the five major <clears throat> organizations or companies uh on the same day like at the same time five companies that are not a conglomerate Google Apple YouTube uh, there's more, whatever the other ones are. Uh, they're all, they're not all the same company. They're Quibi. not owned by the same people. Quibi, Spotify. <laughs> but there was there was a clear sign uh, by what happened to him that those companies who are not merged, they're not a conglomerate, that they got together and they communicated and agreed upon silencing one voice like simultaneously, and. You know, it was said at the time that even if you dislike Alex Jones, that's not something that you should celebrate. Uh, you know, the term slippery slope gets thrown around so much that it loses meaning. But that is a slippery slope of you're giving the, the powers that be the go-ahead to just decide amongst themselves what the public should and shouldn't be hearing. And at some point, if you're supporting this the first time they do it, at some point they're going to silence somebody that you like and now you're going to be upset yeah. that you helped set a precedent that, that, that it's okay for them to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then when you take a guy like Alex Jones, who, you know, his whole uh, career is built on conspiracy, <clears throat> 
there is a conspiracy behind that. Like I just said, five major corporations of media, uh, all who aren't a conglomerate, they aren't merged, all getting together and deciding on the same day that they're going to shut out this one dude. It kind of like that's a conspiracy on its own for him to build on and then be more convinced right. that like I must be onto something because the powers that be are trying to shut me up. Right, and like so just now like he goes home and thinks I'm I'm right like more than ever. Anthony's probably still angry and emboldened, and when he gets exiled, he starts more so tenfold thinking like, yeah, violence, black community. I must be right. I must be right. Instead you know? of if you think he's wrong, then confront him with your ideology. And have a discourse, have a dialogue, have a debate, and try and show him with your words and your other ideology why he's wrong. Don't just shut him out completely and send him packing back to where he's from to go, oh, I must be right. Yeah. I must be so right that they don't even want me to get my point across. I think that's a great point, you know? <clears throat> that's that's, like, you that's know, what's really fucked up about it. And Sandy Hook was clearly like the the really big marbles in the ass for Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like the the pogs in the ass. Yeah, the slammers in the ass. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate that that's that's kind of become a thing. That's like uh, you can't you can't even raise a single question about uh, without being labeled as like cuckoo. Yeah, nut bar, Alex Jones guy. Uh, I do think that there was things about Sandy Hook at the time that it happened that was like very intriguingly uh, like this doesn't add up. That doesn't add up. That doesn't mean that nobody was killed. That doesn't mean that, you know, uh, the CIA went in and killed kids. It's just like with 9-11, uh, where when you have all, if all you do is present a question or a problem with the official narrative, that's all you're doing is presenting a problem or a question about the official narrative. You're not saying that like, oh, I know exactly what happened and it was UFOs came down and killed the kids. Well, some people say that. Some and you should be allowed to say it and listen to it and go, that's a crazy person. I'm going to change the channel. Right. You know? Uh, some people want you... It once, shouldn't be that easy to brainwash you, you and go like, it must have been UFOs because he said it on my screen. Once you Fuck question the official narrative, some people want like all of the answers from you then. Okay, well, if, then if it wasn't that, tell me what it was. It's like, I, I didn't uh, say I knew what it was. I'm just saying that it's weird that a, a kid who apparently weighed 120 pounds was wearing 100 plus pounds of tactical gear on his person. To me, that seems like not something that's really possible. He would be weighted down. I think it's weird that a 120-pound-year-old waif-like kid would fire a high-velocity rifle over 100 times in one minute inside of a brick room without uh, like the shooting range. I'm just going to turn turn Term's mic down so that he, we don't get canceled for next week. <laughs> I'm going to silence him. There's weird <laughs> things about it. Uh, you can raise... <clears throat> You can raise questions without having to just put... F I'm not saying uh, that anybody lied about their kid dying. I'm not saying that nobody died. I'm saying that the official narrative sounds a little off to me. Sandy Hook is a hoax and nobody uh, died. I think it's That's weird <laughs> that a guy was found running away from the school in the woods with a pistol on his person who later wound up being cleared as law enforcement. This is why they why say... Why law enforcement be running away This is why the they school? say ignorance is bliss because this is I the type of stuff that breaks Alex Jones's teeth at That night. they bulldozed the school like a month after it happened so that no further investigation can be performed. Damn, they did. I think there's weird I things. I might think that one's weird too. They also did the same thing with the no, compound that they allegedly assessed Osama bin Laden in. 
uh, during the two. I always thought halls, it was weird after the Osama thing that like every, there's like, a lot of weirdness about it. But just pr- what do we all know? It's like yeah, we, we put him on a river. We just live. Yeah, isn't wh- that what you heard? The ocean. What do we know? We wrapped him up in a sheet and we just threw him in the water because it's, it's, he's public enemy number one. Maybe all, just don't throw him out with the fucking bathwater. All we were given uh, to go off of is a picture of. Obama and Biden and a bunch of higher ups in the military and Hillary Clinton all looking at a screen and and like one picture of them reacting to a screen that could be the Super Bowl for all I fucking know. Yeah. Uh, that's all we were given to go off of. I found it very interesting during the two presidential town halls where they, that they had instead of a debate because Trump had tested positive. Mm-hmm. At the Trump one, <clears throat> uh, he was at one point asked by the the moderator lady. Uh, that he had recently retweeted a conspiracy theory about the assassination of Osama bin Laden. And the, uh, it's basically a conspiracy theory, I believe, the one that he tweeted, uh, retweeted from somebody uh, that like, even goes as far as to allege that Joe Biden and the Obama administration had the SEAL Team 6 killed after the Osama bin Laden, the alleged Osama bin Laden assassination. Uh, and they were, they were saying it like... It is an unpresidential thing to do. It is uh, something without any precedent to do. But I kind of like the fact or, or the idea of a president who's willing to acknowledge such a, a conspiracy theory or just such a narrative uh, as opposed to a president who's like, would rather sweep that under the rug and be like, oh, nothing to see here. Don't don't ask about that. But what also, we killed him. And- what kind of protocol is that? Like, there are there's protocol in these organizations, like government, an operative, like who you know, SEAL Team Six. They have who exactly? Who exactly wrapped him in a sheet and put him in the water? Like, wh- where is that written down? That like in protocol when you're hunting SEAL public enemy number one? It's a it's a Muslim once tradition. Once mission is it's part of the Muslim faith. Oh, you know, because yeah. So, because we can be, we should be honoring the faith within maybe, two, two maybe, hours of maybe the guy's one death. One guy, we take a little longer. He's to... public enemy number one on the planet. Hey, who says we? He's can't... the most wanted man in the world. Why can't why can't we just still still do it the the Muslim tradition way? But like a couple After days we later, perform an autopsy. <laughs> yeah, why can't we do like that on like American next week? soil? Or how about because this guy is responsible for the death of countless people? Wow. Fuck tradition and don't give him what he wanted. Maybe that. I don't know. I am impressionable. Didn't they? I think Osama's alive. (laughs) Didn't when like, uh, no, I think he had been dead for a while. Uh, Don't they like when a serial killer uh, is is dead in prison or something, don't they like uh, perform an autopsy to examine his brain and see if there was like any differences in his, the way his brain worked as as opposed to somebody who yeah. didn't eat people or something. Didn't they do that to like Dahmer? Behavioral sciences that they talk about in like uh, the show Mindhunter or Silence of the Lambs, like developing. Is the, there not something the that can be learned? Yeah. From analyzing the brain of a terrorist mastermind. <laughs> um, but yeah, also as this conspiracy uh, puts out there, and and this part isn't conspiracy. This is part of the official government narrative is that all of the people who performed the assassination on Osama bin Laden, less than one month later, it's it's SEAL Team 6, died in a helicopter crash, and now none of them can be questioned about what actually happened. That happened. That, That they're all dead. All the guys who did it died less than a month later, and you can't reach them for questioning. Uh, on top of that, we bulldozed the compound. It was in what, Pakistan? Dude, I don't know. I'm learning all this stuff right now. 
Uh, we found them at a compound in Pakistan, I believe. We bulldozed the compound before the Pakistani government could do any sort of investigation. It, like like anything, like the fucking Kennedy assassination to 9-11 to Osama to even Sandy Hook, as controversial as it is to even bring up because some people lost their kids, the official government narrative is always weird and way open to like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, how did that building fall when nothing touched it? Yeah, it's worth <clears throat> speculating. And like, if there's one it's thing to pass down, you know, and like a George Carlin type philosophy, but like question everything, you know, like it's it's good to question. Mm-hmm. And sometimes questions, people will take offense to them because the, they know the answer and it's not something that they want people to know or they don't know the answer and now they feel like their intelligence is being threatened or something. Right. And, and it goes back to what makes a cancel culture even a fucking pair of words we say now. Because there is some some powers that be. There is, you know, whether it's like the government official statements or whoever it is. Not like government like canceling <laughs> Alex Jones necessarily as far as taking a deplatforming. Since Google isn't the government, the but government maybe it is. Since when does the government tell you the truth? Since when? Um, yeah, I don't know. Here's a conspiracy. Somebody said, um, comeback, bumps, and it's not a shitty song. Woo! A <laughs> I'm not buying it. Here's a conspiracy that's floating around out there. That's right. People are still writing in. Um, but before we do any sort of fan questions, um, let's learn a thing or two about the production of our new single comeback that frickin' rules. And if you disagree, I'll fucking cut your mic. Let me turn this down. <laughs> I will silence you if you don't like this song. Drew Mantia here, repping the TPS Reports podcast, back with another track breakdown for the new Super Bop. Come back, the Palmer Square. Super Bob, it's Bobby. Produced by Drew Mantia. The foundation of this song was built July 16th, 2019. I specifically remember that day I was doing 10 minute beat sessions at the time where I would sit down for a couple hours and just knock off an idea every 10 minutes. And I specifically remember this one took me like three minutes. Um, but okay, I think braggart. the simplicity <laughs> is part of why it's so effective. So. I'm gonna let you hear Give her more reason to shit on the song. Idea. So simple it was thought and of in three I minutes. I made it in like maybe three minutes tops. We'll break it down. <laughs> Mostly what you hear in the finished song. You just got your basic elements, your piano. Trap style drums. And a I bet if it were just the drums and we did the same song, people would be like, that's that fire! Start of it. I prefer to keep the initial ideas really simple when I'm working with a vocalist. I don't want to send them what I think is a finished instrumental track for them to then put their vocals on. I want to send them a basic idea that we can then flesh out together. And that's very much how this song went. When the pandemic quarantine hit earlier this year, I uh, hit the guys, the squares, with a pack of ideas, the let's get to work during this quarantine idea pack. And they chose to start working on this one and sent it to Wes Restless for the collab. And Wes came up with the hook in his verse, like all the initial writing ideas. Wes really smashed that out the gate. So now you've got... That's like I said in a previous episode where uh, I was sitting with this beat for a period of time and I knew like what I had in mind and what I was going for, but I was definitely like 
uninspired still lyrically and it's because i heard like uh somebody not me singing a chorus on this you know like a, a feature yeah. type of somebody who could really open up a different sound singing um to <laughs> sing out the whatever the like i said the juxtaposing this happy uplifting beat with some like unhappy shit and needing to get over that so i did it took me like two weeks <laughs> and then i'll i uh texted or called Wes and just said like can I send you something I'm curious what you think did you text him or did you call him I probably texted he's more of a caller yeah Uh, but I sent him the the uh, the idea I like gave him the input of what I had in mind and I feel like he molded that into something great that uh, I couldn't have come up with alone basic beat Wes's contribution then Terminac write and record their stuff then from there it's just simply turning that loopy beat into a song cutting it up and adding more elements that i'll show you now like the acoustic guitar yeah this came later it's true wearing crocs For my guitar players out there, this is a really easy one to play along to. I think I can teach it to you over audio, and there's also a video version of this that you can catch on my Instagram, at TrueMantia. <laughs> you only need three chords, and two of them are basically the same. The first is your open C chord, which I'm sure you know, except it's an inverted open C, and all that means is we're going to add the low E string to the chord at the bottom. And if you really want to play it exactly how I played it, then you take your ring finger, your third finger, and lift it off and turn that note into a mute. You dig? Your no. next chord is <laughs> an F major bar chord. I don't get just it. bar chord on the first fret. And then an open A minor 7, which is like your open A minor, but you lift your third finger, your ring finger, to open up the open G string. And then you go back to the F bar chord. So that's open C inversion, F, a minor 7, F. That's hilarious, because even to me, like, I don't play guitar. That's a foreign language. I play know? guitar, and, and I, then none of that makes <laughs> sense to me either. That's why I always say I don't actually know how to play guitar. Motherfucker can't even speak English. I grew up with them around my house and taught myself by ear how to play something that sounds like what I'm hearing. Yeah. I could learn that, but I'm sure if Drew watched me do what I taught myself, he'd be like, no, that's, no, that's wrong. That fingers me here. But it sounds good to me. This song's also really simple on piano. If you check out the video version of this, that'll probably be the easiest way to catch on. Really simple. After sprinkling in some guitar throughout the track, I added a little bit of extra keys, such as this organ part, nice organ pad. That's my favorite sounding instrument, the sound of a Hammond organ. That's where the dip those comparisons come, come in, yeah. I feel like. The acoustic guitar and, and the organ. Yep. How those parts interact and drop in and out from each other. And both added later really in the dip, whole thing. I There's think. some different like after the initial parts that I switched up on Axe verse. He wanted his verse to have more of a straight up rap verse vibe and less of like the acoustic guitar vibe. So uh, we switched that up a little bit. But really simple track. I think that's why uh, it hits emotionally, also just well written by Wes and the Squares, and uh, hopefully y'all love it as much as we do. We're really excited about this one. Thank you, Drew. We do love it. 
And that's how it's made, folks. Um, yeah, I definitely asked for the uh, but the money not enough. Asked for the switch up, because um, the, yeah, the acoustic shit sounded a little too like smoothie. It lost a little bit of the bounce, and I was the most rappy in the song, and I wanted to still have some bounce. You know what I'm saying? So I like that little piano, uh, boppy change up, bouncy um, body. Use Perel. And moving right along. Highly recommended. Infowars.com. Uh, <laughs> believe. Nothing to say about this one. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's Archie, highly God damn it. recommended. Sorry, he's uh, falling onto the podcast recording. Bro, come on. Take two. Highly recommended album this week is You're All I Need from Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. My girlfriend sent me a song from this album this morning, and I just listened to the whole thing while I drank my coffee and did some dishes. The whole song or the whole album? Whole album. That's good. It's really good. Yeah, I feel like Marvin Gaye's a safe bet if you're just looking for some good music to put on. Start there. <clears throat> Seemed like a deep, deep enough Marvin Gaye cut. I got no facts. Okay, that's it. I got no, no real like song highlights. It's a good album, trust me. Uh, it's 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 great like background music if you're trying to relax or get something done. I don't think anyone's trying to relax this week. I think everyone needs to relax this week. You yeah. probably need something. If you're trying to loot to an take ATM. your mind off of the fires <laughs> that are billowing in through your bedroom it's a window. It's great soundtrack to uh, you know pillaging the city streets. You know, I really hope it does just like this is all speculation and it's not what everybody thinks it's going to be. So no matter who wins, like the country's going to fucking fall apart. I really hope it's just not that. My That'd buddy nice. sent me an article about um, a very luxury high rise in New York. I believe it was New York. Uh, hired two snipers <laughs> to, to be on the roof of their building. Oh, great. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about of like, dude, fuck muted mics. <laughs> We're setting a precedent of put like daisies in gun barrels. November second, board up the country, you know, and and hold a pistol in your living room in case. But again, I'm hoping that somebody doesn't like the results. It's not as apocalyptic as it's what's been hyped up to be. Look, it, every four years, some right. bogus shit happens. It's gonna happen again this year. And and again, I think that's like really only. People are boarding up windows for in case Trump wins. Should I board my windows? Right? People are not boarding up windows for in case Biden wins, especially in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. And I don't think in like the heartland of Tennessee that they're boarding up windows in case Biden wins. You know what I'm saying? So let's hope Biden wins. 
Is that is that what's going to keep things normal, according to you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, no, and that it's, it's not that it's going to keep things normal. That's not a precedent to set, though. Is like uh, I hope this one guy wins, so yeah. you don't burn my shit down. I don't know. That's not good. But isn't like what it, is is revolution a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know if I call that revolution. I think I call well, it's that not been throwing revolution. a hissy fit. But what if the hissy fit is so widespread that it revolutionizes American politics? It's not there yet, so it's just whiny bullshit. But what if it yeah. passes that checkpoint into revolution? I don't see... Would, would a revolution be a good thing or a bad thing? Because it's, like it's got to be like the darker before it gets Starbucks brighter. and uh, looting Macy's or Gucci... It's like the government doesn't care about that. Mm, no, no, they don't. Um, I think a fan called in actually with a really poignant um, uh, sentiment about poignant the the chaos poignant. of uh, you know the election cycle this week. Let's go back hey, to Sandy. Hey, what's up, boys? Let's talk more about Sandy. Heard you guys last week talking a lot about I don't know just voting and yada yada fucking Biden shit like it's that. Already with the yada um, is not a good sign. Did you just yada yada your future president? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, with the bullshit and yada. Um, staring at my uh, official absent voter ballot right now, I'm like, huh. Do I even fill this fucking thing out? I'm about to pour some weed down the middle of it and roll this bad boy into a fatty, you know what I'm saying? That's what I expect from our fans. You no, know, uh, by the time you, uh, the, the public hears this, it's going to be uh, the next episode to come out on Wednesday. But man, dude. Man, dude. Dude, man. Come oh, on, man. fucking no, man. Come on, man. This voicemail fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. And that last sentiment is probably the most poignant thing anybody could have said about this week and this year and society as it is now. I just picture someone like shouldn't on election day fucking, this is at the voting booth like, Fuck. this ballot fucking sucks. I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Hear the booth over from you. He's got a point. He does have a point. You stage a walkout. That's revolutionary. One guy goes, this thing fucking sucks. I shouldn't have done Bernie's this. Bernie's not even on this thing. Let's go. <laughs> Revolution! They just started burning the the fucking voting stand. What's it called? Ballot box? Voting booth? Voting booth. It burns alive in the booth. <laughs> Thank you for your call, Mr. I haven't seen any, but do you think there's been like some, uh, like a corny PSA from a rapper who's like, this November 3rd, I'm going to be stepping in the booth. <laughs> but like the booth that matters. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You got a day left. You could do it. You could be that rapper. No. Uh, let's do another one. All right, fuckers. I'm calling just to let you know that uh, I absolutely hate COVID. Uh, I watched y'all's Halloween live, and it was the shit. I've never seen you guys live. It was awesome. And uh, I was trying to explain to my girlfriend, man, fuck this COVID. I wish it was over. She's and trying to explain that. Like, she doesn't get fuck the, the pandemic. <laughs> She's like, why? I love it. This is great. I like we're we're home. We're together all the time. People are dying. Love. Great, true love. And uh, she was like, "Haven't they started stuff back up?" And I had to explain to her, and they're like, "No, listen, they're only doing it in like you know they got to rope off areas. You pay like 150 bucks to get your spot. And if you don't know anybody that actively listens to the band, they ain't gonna fucking give you no money. And it just sucks that you guys aren't touring. 
And uh, I don't really have any questions because I'm a fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I'm... It's good to know that our callers have even less confidence than we do. Yeah. Takes one to know one, as they say. <laughs> Once COVID's over and it's just popping again, you guys will be touring. Come to Texas, please. I, I don't give a fuck. I'll even go to Oklahoma. Come back to Oklahoma and I will drive there to see y'all. Y'all motherfucking awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch the live over and over again and the one from the beginning of the month. You guys are killing it, man. Um, I tried to donate some money, but I forgot my fucking cloud password, so it wouldn't wow. let me. Whoa. Uh, but I did buy merch. I bought the fucking Isn't that a gross shirt, and I called you guys sign back, of the times? So, anyway. <laughs> I tried to give you guys money, back. but I forgot the password to my money. Doesn't that suck? Yeah. What's, what's happening? That's another Louis joke, sort of, where he's just like, ever go to the grocery store, and then you just realize, I don't have any money. It's just like he puts it all on the the belt, and it. So what do you mean you don't have enough money? No, I don't, I don't have any money. <laughs> How did this happen? All right, let's do a couple more questions, you motherfuckers. Let's get one question. Not even more. There haven't been any questions. One question, please. Ask me something. That's all we need. Ask me about hey, guys, the legitimacy just, of the Sandy Hook um, wondering, story. Wondering, like, what happened to all those stank face guys you used to rap with? I'm not sure if you talked about it in podcasts before. I know, like, what uh, Vanna and Will are up to and stuff. Like, I still listen to all their shit. What about that, like, uh, Rebel Legato guy and Loudmouth and shit? Like... Just kind of like curious what was up with that. And uh, I appreciate the message back on Instagram this morning. Really uh, made my day. You guys fucking keep on keeping on. Stay fucking square, you fags. Later. They are nice. calling us fags in higher nice. volume this week, so that's good. Saved himself. That's Redeemed. <laughs> um, Rebel Still homies. We see, I mean, it's been a couple, I, I guess uh, the only time I've seen Rebel recently has been the, uh, when I'd be at, Chad's house, and they start doing a TCG podcast or yeah. something. I was over there a few weeks ago. Basically, um, everyone but Lewis, who went off to start a family and join the Navy. Uh, everyone else, except him and us, joined or started a new thing called Tiny Chain Gang, TCG. Yep, that's where you can find all of them. They're still, you know, the Chicago homies. We're all, um, you know, we had Vanna on the stream over the weekend to play right. Pumpkin Cypher and Bunk. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, that those stank face <clears throat> days, that's just the past now. Right. That's just like a dead kind of past thing. But we're all still cool. We're all still making music, again, with the exception of Loudmouth right now, doing some more grown man shit, which is pretty how commendable. Phrase this. Um, but um, yeah. Stank face. Always the homies. Was started by someone who is liked by no one. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> else but us, like, got hip to that pretty quick. And all jump ship to do their own things. Look, we we helped. Uh, conceive, we were anchored down. We helped conceive the birth of Stankface, right. and then we had to put a wooden stake through its fucking heart at the end. Yes, you know. So it's like my mom used to tell me, Matthew, I brought you into this world. I could take you out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's what happened. All right, but um, all still the homies. Everybody who's ever been on one of those songs, Face Melt, and obviously Drew and Dro. Dro's always been like extension of that stank face family to me for all the production work Irenio, uh, of course took off and is like skydiving somewhere right now <laughs> i miss Irenio. i tried to tag him in i posted um you know a, a group thing the face melt cypher video turned however many years old and right. uh, he didn't have like a uh you know his instagram wasn't up anymore or whatever and i was just good like, good for him so I, yeah good unplug that's <clears> like <laughs> it sounds the other way good i don't want to see his shit good good fuck that fuck him he's no, out no that's good <laughs> Uh, all the homies, for sure. And, uh, you know, we're still really proud of 
all of that work from back in those days. But now it's really just, you know, same shit, uh, but the, the original titles. Tiny Chain Gang and Palmer Squares, that's just what we call that now. Right, and Tiny Chain Gang has uh, acquired more names uh, yeah, they got like the a, a growing Wu Tang as big as Stankface awesome. was. They don't need us. Yeah, they got Rizzy. They got Josh Grant. Yeah, um, Rebel. And Will, I think it's cool Chad, what they're doing with. The, they do a podcast every Julius. week as well, um, and that's just it's just cool to see. They're always on like Instagram Live every week doing that shit, and they're yeah. like rotating guests in and out. They got homies coming in, popping onto their show, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Overall, I've been thinking it's very cool when I see uh, homies. Uh, just staying busy during the quarantine. Look, whether you like our new song or not, or you watch the live stream or not, or like it's, we've been trying to do a few things and it has been harder to do certain things. So I'm waiting for Chad to invite me on to their podcast so he can berate me and call me a Trump supporter the whole time. Sure. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I would tune into that. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Frick, I was going to say something else about my friends. Oh, I saw like, you know, our buddy who's like one of the earliest homies of ours, um, Theory Divine, Theoretic Bars, uh, put out, you know, just released something. It was like, hey, check out my video. And I was like, I was, you know, uh, day after the live scream, kind of up early, hung over and looking at stuff. And then mm-hmm. uh, I saw our homies Midwest Hype released something that was like um, alive at Shuba's. They just took over Shuba's right. during the quarantine. And like they, they staged a whole thing with like mannequins and fake people like did the shots outside of the line of the sold out crowd of mannequins nice. and then the stuff into like it was such a dope production mannequins and woe mannequins come on and they just play like an hour fucking awesome sounding set uh but i was just seeing that recently and just back to tcg and the homies <laughs> it's cool it's cool that i've seen a lot of our collaborators and buddies who we've played shows with and like theories like we played our first show with him, and then we played shows, obviously. It was his show. The TCG homies and uh, Our first time on Midwest stage Hype. was his set, where he was nice enough to offer us a couple songs. Yep. To- I had so many whiskey Cokes, uh, and I dropped a lot. What was that song? I remember I said something about I roll up the green like a golf ball. Like, what was that song called? If I had it, I'd play it right now. Fuck. I know the beat. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I was really proud of that line at the time, too. Like, I roll up the green like a golf ball. Come on, dude. I fucking, like, big up my chest when I was 19 with that one. Uh, is the Abbey Pub still even a thing? I mean, definitely not now. But uh, it, it it burned, not down, but it had a fire years ago. And then ever since Oof. then, I don't think I saw a show there after, even though I think it may have been, you know, recovered to a, an extent after. But the Abbey Pub. That was where we played our first show. <laughs> Um, saw many, uh, many before we a played that. Fantastic show, Devin the Dude, Little Brother, uh, Madlib, Peanut Butter Wolf. Just saw our homies Tropodelic put a song with Devin the Dude. I'm jealous. I made out with Chrissy Klein on the other half Nuh-uh. in the small venue. No, we like tongue kissed. No, you did not. Yes, <laughs> no way. Drunk, to no, Chrissy. Shut Klein. up. <clears throat> My high school up, like fantasy woman. No, no I did. Way. It was first try. I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's do a, another question. Yo, guys, I got a uh, would you rather. So, yeah, yeah. for one year, <laughs> would you rather. <laughs> you can't even let him ask. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I got a would you rather. Sounds like Dylan's shout out at the beginning. Uh, uh, why? Uh, the Garage. 
would you rather be on the front lines? Listening back, his voice is so not even that no. gravelly and raspy. No. <laughs> it's just all the made yo up. Guys. Make believe, you guys. We're just goofing around. It's just the yo guys. Would you rather be Go on back the to the front yo guys. of a war? Would you rather be on the front line of a war or, or, or a COVID? Would you rather be in a like, like worst uh, Come on, dude, you're almost there. prison in the United States? What? One year. I know it's kind of stupid, but... Uh, kind of. Yeah, something to talk about for the next uh, 10 minutes or so. The undying Ten minutes or lack so. of confidence. Love okay, it. would you rather be, be on, on the front, front lines, lines of, of a war, war or Jinx. in, like, San Quentin prison for a year? For a year. But also, how long is this war? Like, what if that's a three-year war? You know? You'd yeah. be out of prison in a year. Or... No matter how bad it is in there. Uh, front line of the war. You could die any day. You get shot, prison in, shot in the foot the first day, you get sent home. Only had to do one day. You can't get shot in the foot and then get sent home in, in jail. Oh, yeah. In you prison. Plaxico burst yourself and be like, all right, that's it for me. He shot himself in the leg. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so front lines of a war sounds scarier to me than a year in prison just because like war is, you know, you're right. Re- there's no, there's no steel bars that close. I every think so they often. say war is hell. Yeah. I think. I th- what is it good for? It's the original um, title of the book. I don't know. I think like <laughs> in this day and age of United States warfare, like the casualty of who we're fighting is always astronomically higher than the casualties on our side. So you're so, saying you're going to like blow some heads off. Right. You're going to whoop ass in war. And then you got like the camaraderie, uh, the guys that you're hanging out with for the most part, like aren't trying to beat you up or rape you. Yeah. Unless you're a lady. Or if you go to prison for a year, you can spend a year beating up and raping people. (laughs) You flip the script. (laughs) Like I said in the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, find the biggest guy and rape him (laughs) your first day. I think that's what they always said you're supposed to do when you go to jail. Yep. I want some cocktail. Or maybe just like uh loosen your butthole up before you go to jail and get used to it like air it out like it sniff poppers or so whatever isn't that what does it go gay i heard i don't know someone told me <laughs> get gay when you go to jail and just be like yeah y'all can fuck me and then just, that's just a thing you do flip the switch just spend the year gay and then what right i'm pretty fine. sure if you like act like a lady in jail and blow everyone they don't like rape you in the showers and stuff cuz they know You'll he said worst anyway. prison in the United States for one year, though. But, like, could we look up? Is there a way? Can we find, like, the what, what would rank the worst prison and which one is is worse in the country? You think worst. they're worse in other countries? Would that have been a better would you rather? Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds... I'd be on the front lines of my country's war. I'm an American. Uh, ADX Florence houses male inmates in the federal prison system who are deemed the most dangerous and in need of the tightest control... Including prisoners whose escape would pose a serious threat to national security. So when you type in uh, worst prison in the U.S., that's the one that Google throws up there first. Let me see if there's like an actual list. Also, what did what did I do that was so bad that I got sentenced to a year in prison? So it's probably like my lawyer probably fought for me. It was probably supposed to be like three to five, but they got me a year on good behavior. So it's like, what type of crime? Maybe I deserved it, you know? Maybe I deserve to be in prison for a year. Maybe I got drafted into war because, you know, who knows what the landscape's going to look like. 
they they reenact the draft reenact they reenact the draft and they do a uh, actor's portrayal. This I'm really just reaching while you look up this article. Has a list of ten, and number one is the U.S. Penitentiary Administrative Maximum, Florence, Colorado. It's a lot of words. Known as ADX, nicknamed Alcatraz of the Rockies. This is among the most secure prisons in the world and one of the most isolating. Many its cells. See, I think also in like the worst prisons in America, you're in your cell like 23 hours a day. Yeah, so it's kind of like... Read books, do push-ups, that's chill. You're separated from everybody because everyone's like Hannibal Lecter. Slide a bowl of slop under the door every so often, I'll they slurp never, that up. Yeah. You don't it's really luxurious get living. much time uh, even like in the grasp of anybody else in the prison. Yeah. Might make friends in prison, and then, you know, just like Shawshank, your friends gets out, and you, you meet up afterwards. Right, you fucking... Have a beer under a tree or something. Set up a happens. guy's, like, insurance. You get a, a, a free pie <laughs> You learn to read. Some nice shoes. You work there for 40 years, and then you hang yourself. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Frontline, I think... I would go frontline. Uh, you get to feel like a hero... You get to hang with uh, some buds. Oh, you make yeah. new buds. The veteran pussy. You're right? like in a new club. You get to come home and kill yourself. <laughs> PTSD, like an MF. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not bad. <laughs> so there you have it. No, I'm going prison, dude. Just put me in there. It's a year. I'm going to get in shape. You know, it's going to rough me up. Like if I, my parents would have sent me away to uh, you know boarding school. You're getting shape uh, on the front lines. I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna get like Dodging scurvy bullets and like like scurvy. I'm gonna get scurvy on the front lines of a war. I picture like, I picture uh, like my feet being wrapped in like not shoes <clears throat> and like the skin on the bottom like like zombie foot all falling apart because I've been stomping through muck without enough you know uh, equipment up, and like, supplies like fresh boots. It's basically like glory, like a, like a movie about decades ago. Not modern war with modern technology. Yeah, I'm looking at Iraq war diseases. Scurvy. Top of the uh, list. These are malaria. Brucolosis. Mm. I'm not saying that right. I know it. Uh, this one I'm gonna frick up. Campy, Campy Lobecker, Campy Lobacter. <laughs> what? That's the name of something. Let's. I wonder how that's actually said. What? Campy Lobacter Jejuni. Why are they gonna make fucking diseases so hard to pronounce so that anyone who's, who's trying to say them sounds like a retard? Uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis, non-typhoid salmonella, shigella. That's better than having typhoid salmonella. <clears throat> visceral leishmaniasis. The West Nile virus, really. No scurvy. That's disappointing. Unless, is, I have no idea what scurvy unless is. Unless campy lobacter jejuni is actually how you... like Dysentery? Am I afraid of dysentery? Campy... Lobacter, jejuni. Front lines of a war sounds like a cakewalk. No scurvy, no dysentery. Non-typhoid, so it's not, you don't even have typhoid. Pronounce. Campylobacter, jejuni. I was oh. pretty close. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe not even pretty close. I think I was spot on. Well done. Hell yeah, I'm a doctor, dude. By the way, we never doubled back last week. on um, <clears throat> Who was it? T.I. said Ludacris got pissed on or something. Uh, it was Drake. Oh, Drake. Somebody peed on Drake. Drake's L a pee on. Ludacris confirms. Am I making up that Ludacris was involved? T.I. confirms. They're both like Southern, you know, rap dudes. Peed on 
If I had Drake. to pick between T.I. and Luda, though, come on. It's from Double XL, so let's take this Ludacris all fucking day. T.I. confirms his friend peed on Drake in a new song. Oh, is that uh, like 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 he got burned on the track? Um, <clears throat> Caught a body, spent millions appealing your case, he raps. While I'm fighting my own, somehow got you home, so drunk in L.A., end up pissing on Drake. Shit, fuck it. That's still my brother since back in the trap house. I love when you, when you read rap lyrics, it's like nothing rhymed. I have no idea how yeah. this was supposed to be spit. Um, so wait, we don't know who the the pisser is. It's just Ti's knows somebody the who peed on Drake, so we know the, the two other people. The story goes that the incident went down during a screening for the movie Takers in 2010. Ti's homeboy Cap. Who was killed in prison in 2019? Damn, maybe for peeing on Drake. Maybe for capping. Allegedly got into it with Drizzy and his crew and somehow peed on the Six God. I prefer homies called No Cap. Now Tip is confirming the wild story. I'm gonna read this like a like a news guy. Ti's new album, his 11th solo studio LP, features 20 songs and guest appearances from Lil Baby, Young Thug, 21 Savage, Killer Mike, Rick Ross. Benny the Butcher, Snoop Dogg, and more. And I think that's about all they say about this cover, this headline. It's a real non-story there. Very non-story-ish. Nothing happened there. It sounds like nobody even got pissed on me. So when I when it says like uh, the incident went down, and I mean, that's like you can click on that, so it's a different article. Remember when we first moved into our old apartment and you sort of peed on Zach's friend? I did. CT. Right. He was like sleeping, uh, you know, on, the, on ground the floor next to, you know, in in, in Zach's the room, homie's room, which was next to the bathroom. Right, and we got drunk, and then we were, you know, still new to the house, though. There's no excuse there, but Term, I guess, went in Zach's room and just pulled his dick out, and like, I guess, too drunk to notice that there was no sink or toilet or tub or any sort of bathroom. I was sleeping. Um, but yeah, and then he just peed on I our I peed friend. on the floor next to him. Maybe that's what this guy did. He got hit with splashback from on the f- floor that I was pissing on. Maybe Drake just got hit with some splashback. Um, here's another article. Drake was allegedly peed on during a screening of the movie Takers. I don't know what this movie Takers is. Isn't that the one with like the, uh, the ladies? Maybe like a... Ladies! Uh, no. I'm thinking, what was the one where it's like all the... Oh, oh it's Widows. I was going to say, what, the Widows right. of the Criminals? Right. No, oh, this yeah. This is way longer ago. Widows. You look that up while I'm reading. Uh, according to TMZ, that's exactly what happened during a 2010 screening of Takers. Apparently, the movie, which stars T.I., Chris Brown, Matt Dillon, well, there you have it. Idris Elba, and the late Paul Walker, among others, mm, was being eventually. screened at the Sony lot, and Drake and his entourage were in attendance. Sources say that the superstar got in a heated argument with one of T.I.'s, TI's childhood friends, who peed on him uh see this makes it sound like he peed on him before the altercation like that was the cause of the altercation which i'm sure it's not uh but then they're also making it sound like they had beef at the screening and then like while everyone was like pushing the two sides apart the one guy just like took his wiener out and and, like sprayed pee across the aisle that's the guy you want on your team by the way that is the guy who i want to be on my team i'm not gonna look like a fool and just fight on one of these two sides of people getting all aggressive that's what it sounds like they're saying happened i was gonna say what sources say the superstar got in a heated argument with one of ti's childhood friends who dot 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 childish friends (laughs) who dot 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 peed on him those who witnessed the incident say drake ran out of the theater screaming 
I imagine so, it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While the world's rap fans still seem, by and large, to be siding with Drake, maybe the well tides are starting to turn a bit. Oh. What? Whatever. I was gonna, you know, I guess that's. I'm just now. I can only see it the way you painted it hypothetically, because I'm like, what kind of man is Drake? Where he just lets a guy pee on him. He would right. have had to have been asleep, like our our friend at our house. Apparently, they were at the place that the thing was screening, which is like, like a movie theater. How does this happen? Right, the idea of being in a skirmish and I'm then take like a shit on him. I'm gonna drop a fucking brick like, on his head. <laughs> Jelly. By the way, that was maybe one of my favorite things that has ever happened on the podcast was talking over an entire voicemail with CKY quotes. That's good stuff. Eating um, over an entire voicemail with macarons <laughs> that I made. It was so good. Here's Speaking another so good. The macarons that we ate during the live stream. Uh, apple shell. Apple almond shell, because I use almond flour, so that kind of always overpowers the taste. Apple shell with a caramel filling. Caramel apple macarons for Halloween. It's good. I don't remember which was which. I only remember like really enjoying the like the buttercream, and then I remember the pistachio, and then I feel like I had another one or two, but uh, The caramel ones drunk. went quick. I didn't make a whole lot of them. As I was making them, the caramel kept melting when I would make one, and then they were like sliding off, so I'd have to like put the caramel on put the top on and then like walk over to the freezer and put yeah. it directly in the freezer um i ate a good a significant amount of mushrooms too after the stream and they didn't do anything oh yeah i mean maybe i guess i was like weird when i went to bed and like like curled up my head like at melina's feet or something and she like woke me up like what the fuck are you doing that's why i got up when you were leaving later in the middle of the night because like i was already getting up because i was like being a drunk weirdo like knocked out but she was just like Nice the to know that me leaving wasn't what woke you up because that's what I assumed. No, it's nice to know that like me being weird down the hall or something. Like I don't know if I was making noise or something, but the next day this happens sometimes when I get like too drunk and then I'll make it to bed. I remember you know I shut everything down. I take Archie into bed with me and then like, I'm out. But yeah, I guess I was like crawling around and like hugging her feet or something. Very bothersome. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, babe. Not bad. Here's another question. Hey, I'm sure you guys are, like, sick of talking about it now, <clears throat> but yeah, your new song, I feel like both sides are getting fucked up. Like, your fans are getting fucked up. I mean, me being a fan, obviously. But, um, like, they're just used to hearing you guys spit bars and all that, um, even though, obviously, you guys do have a lot of softer songs that can be, you know, compared to this most recent one. But also, at the same time, I think I think it's it's also the fact that you guys have spent years upon years of hone just like anything you, you guys have honed that skill of of being very cohesive and, and uh, elaborate with your your rap schemes that that's what you're you're known for throughout your fan base because that's what you've perfected whereas the whole like auto two thing is more obviously related to pop culture which you guys sound nothing like. So when you use it, it sounds like it, people are going to think of that. You know what I mean? Like they're going to think. Yes. Yeah, the immediate assumption that like, well, they're, you, they're clearly just trying to sell out and make that sound that gets them on the top 40. And like, I guess that's cool, but it's not for me. That's, that's a lot of it. And you know, uh, first of all, that's not, I was trying to say that that's not how we feel. That's not how I feel when I'm making a song. It's like this, like maybe when it's done, I have high hopes for certain songs. Again, paralyzed is a good example. I thought you know, it's the thing that holds it back is that we don't have like PR and anything, you know, there's not much pushing this out into new outlets. So we're going to kind of stay 
I don't know, on a similar linear level until we get more uh, assistance and collaborative help and outreach, PR, all that shit. Um, but yeah, I'm not thinking like we got it. It hasn't worked for 10 years. We may as well change our whole sound up now and just like that's what's done. It's just going to, that'll work. I'm going to yeah. change my sound up because the first 10 years, eh, I guess, I guess I'm guess i not that into that because it didn't work like I thought it would. So let's just do a total left turn this way. That's not at all the philosophy. It's like Seth said last week, I think. Just kind of like, you know, you're making what becomes similar sounding shit for a decade. And it's like, it's just, uh, we're not going to lose that, but we are branching out when we can a little more, when we have ideas that would uh, accommodate new styles like that. So this guy right. gets it. We're supposed to be making a living here. And if we're doing like the same thing for 10 years and like just scraping by. Yeah. Uh, if you're at a shitty job for 10 years and just scraping by, like you're not out of your mind to think about getting a new job or like doing something different, yeah. trying to get a promotion. <clears throat> I don't think there should be so much of a negative stigma. And again, we, we come from this like backpack underground hip hop, which right. is a very like, uh, and I'm guilty of it probably more than any listener. It's a very like uh, like music snobbish sort of realm of like everything should be the way I like or else it's not real music. It's right. That's like absolutely we out of. yes. We felt that way for a very long time, and we still will adopt that for some there stuff. There shouldn't be so much wrong with an artist you like. It's even if they have to switch up their sound to do it, like breaking the top forty. If you support yeah, an artist, sort of like I, I was there before they were big. Right, and I didn't if, want them to blow. Up. If you really support an artist, the idea of them breaking the top forty should be like, hey, fucking right yeah, on. My good least for favorite them. song got them in the top forty, but good for them because. I, I'm still a fan. You know I the feel song, like that's the case. Uh, a lot of our fans are still fans. They just have songs. I'm sure there's more than comeback. You know the where song, they don't like it as much. Dexter point Dexter. Hot hot hot. Do 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 Yes, that was like a huge song in the '80s. Top forty, top ten, probably yeah, Billboard. Between that and Macarena, for sure. Dexter like, point Dexter is David Johansson from the New York Dolls. Is David Johansson like? No longer a fucking pioneer of punk rock. Should he be exiled from like the punk scene because he switched his name up, uh, did like a whole new alter ego, and made a what would be judged by any punk rock fan a yep. shitty pop song that got him a bunch of money? No, good for David Johansson. Fuck yeah, he played both sides of uh, the music world, and he fucking came out on top. He pioneered shit for the, the punk community, and then he wrote a fucking goofy, stupid pop song that made him a bunch of money. He probably, yeah. you know, continues to make money. I think he's dead, but... <laughs> and for uh, creative artists and stuff, it's uh, it does get monotonous to kind of make the same song over and over. If we only did kind of stay in one lane, um, you want to challenge yourself at whatever your thing is, not just making music even, but like whatever your style is, it's cool to try something new after a while. If David you only Johansson. made documentary movies, maybe you try to make like a narrative you know, feature. Mm -hmm. You just want to like right. flex different muscles and show that you can do this. And then you learn along the way where your strengths and your weaknesses are, as well as where, where the reception comes in, positive feedback or negative. We're fine with that. We're all along for the ride. David Johansson, very much alive. Okay, that's good news. Yeah, I think like uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, the guy has seen nothing but success making the types of movies that he makes. But personally, I think for this, the reason that every movie that he makes is kind of like the same thing, he sh his next movie should be like a fucking rom-com or something. Something totally out of the Christopher Nolan wheelhouse that you never see him do. Right. And it could suck. Right. But like... 
It's just kind of like um, Sandler and Uncut Gems. A lot of people thought it was bogus, didn't like the movie, and a lot of people would well, understand. Let, let, like, yeah, he totally, kind of like a, a la Punch Drunk Love, just trying, not, not being just a fucking playing, His you know, two best movies. basically mentally challenged characters. Right. Just like, uh, that's how he, he would do that, and then he would kind of prove that he can, he has other chops. So this is our uncut gems. Maybe not such a gem for some I, listeners. It annoyed me too that a lot of people didn't like said they didn't like uncut gems, and then their reasoning was like, it was it was so like anxiety inducing. I was so, and it's like that's a sign of that it's a good movie. You know why? Because none of it's happening. It's all pretend. And if it it's makes all you fake. feel anything, that's why like you know people will like scary movies. They, they like, manipulated they like to feel your something. emotions, yeah. right? And comedy as well. It just like makes you feel better. Now you're laughing. Nobody really sees a scary movie when it's coming out that it's going to like win Oscars or be like right. what the fucking snobby critics define as like a good movie. But if it's if you're a guy who likes scary movies and this movie actually scared you and freaked you out made you afraid to like walk through your home like all dark at night then it, it was a good scary movie it did its job right <clears throat> uh he goes on pop and, and then they oh, he's still going what you're spitting and they're like this doesn't correlate which is i don't know how we got into scary fault, movies <laughs> their fault mm, you, what they you know had to do with anything um so basically what i'm saying is song's not bad i don't think it's a bad song it, it, per se it's just, but <laughs> it's weird coming from you guys but, I'd, but. Be, there it is. I'd be definitely willing to hear you guys try it out more uh, not even necessarily just the whole um, the whole idea of you know having more melody music having, having what um, Breaking up. Having more melody? Melodious. Having more melanin uh, in your music? Guy, Whoa. Way, Wait a line. Wait a line. Wait a line. Fuck you. Completely ah. ridiculous. Who? What? <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, like I said, I, I just, like, one thing that I took from Top 40 music is when a hook goes, do 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 you'll often hear now the whole verse, like, mimics that style. Uh, that's like formulaic for popular music or whatever. Uh, when people say like maybe without auto tune, I will like uh, go to my grave defending that this song, like the auto tune makes this song sound better. I don't care if you liked it or you didn't. Yeah. Uh, I I heard the song without auto tune and I've heard the song with it. It's part of the style of this song. If you don't like that, then you just don't like the song. But I don't think that this is a better song with just no effects on our voices. Our voices are supposed to have effects on them for the completion of this song. Yeah, I'm like, I'm it's looking just around. just this one song. Right now, but I can't find it. I was going to see if I had a, like, you know, an old draft of the ship, but I don't remember what they would have been called. You know what I'm saying? West Times. Uh, Back Together, I thought we were calling it. Back for Together. A bit. I put Come Together like the Beatles song. Back Together. Rough draft. I think that's your draft with auto tune, like before we recorded it in the studio. <clears throat> the though. Garage Band. Hmm. No, it's the frig. Oh fuck them! I don't gotta prove my shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. You'll believe what I tell you, like the American government. <laughs> All right. Well, then fuck that. Let me do. Then um, we're gonna bulldoze the studio so you can't investigate <laughs> to see if the song did sound better without it. Fuck out of here. What's up, boys? Austin from Portland, Ohio here. Hey. 
I just wanted to say that I thought Comeback was a beautiful piece of art. And if anybody disagrees with it, they can lick my fucking taint. Love you, boys. Smooches. I think that's what that last guy was trying to say. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Thank you, Austin. You trim the fat. <laughs> uh, here's another guy. Hey, what's up, boys? Um, just ordered $75 worth of merch from your online fucking store. SpookyLanguage.com slash shop. Woo! Hey, you Look at this guy. You should be paying this guy. Because out there who want to buy some sick-ass hoodies or t-shirts or whatever. But, um, yeah, dude. The shout-out on the last podcast worked. I'm like, Frick man, yeah. I got to support these motherfuckers, you know? Buy some merch. See? Um, Things change. Day to day. Last week, no one's buying shit. This week, this guy bought some shit. Let's that, go. Just tell them no one one's buying shit every question. week, even if they are. What's been the one thing that's been <laughs> keeping you guys going? Oh, wait. We're this missing a question now. Hold on. What's the one thing keeping us going? Okay. What's been the one thing, question, what's been the one thing that's been keeping you guys going this whole fucking, since March? Let's call it that. You know what happened in March. <laughs> what's been the one thing? You remember. Besides music. You motherfuckers. Love you guys. Peace. Um, one thing? I don't know. Archie, I guess. I don't know if there's one thing that's been keeping me going. It's Wait, been like a I don't know what she means by keeping me going, like keeping our music going, productivity on the Palmer Squares tape, it's keeping our it's lives. It's been a going. Um, yeah. It's this so year it has asked sucked. This question already. Um, I'm I'm I'll be happy to admit that there was is is this year was fucking harder than it should have had to have been. Like and not just for the you know the obvious reasons of society and just like even at me being home and it's like all right, well if I'm stuck at home and whatever and I can't go out as much. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of work done. It didn't work that way. Like that, yeah. It hasn't been working that way. In fact, I shouldn't even talk about this now. So later in the podcast, our fucking computer is like on its last leg. And we were going we're gonna to use funds from what we made in donations on the live stream to get a new computer this month. Um, because there's just some shit that's holding us up in, you know, in the rare instance that there's no noise going on with my fucking neighbors and construction nearby and dogs barking and all this Everybody else being at home and working from home and working on my home and all this loud shit. Even when it dies down, the noise, we haven't been able to like make noise of our own and fucking, we have like problems right. to be fixed. And that's been hard for me this year because I, I've needed to, I've always been like, maybe wrongfully so, but you know, there is some sort of like validation of my own existence in productivity and what I consider productivity and creativity. And like, I recorded a verse today and I did what, like I, I have my, that was, that was a good day. Time well spent. I'm staying active. And then there's been just giant gaps of like, not getting shit done right. this year. It's the same giant as like when gaps. You, you go to the gym early in the day or something. Now the whole rest of the day, you feel a little more well, accomplished. At least I did that. Yeah. I got that done. Uh, we haven't been able to have our usual form of that, which is like, I went to Matt's and I recorded some shit that I wrote a few nights ago, and now we got a new song on the I haven't even been horizon. able to walk down the hall in my own apartment for months and get shit done. Like, I recorded one thing, like a draft of something that's unfinished in the last few months. That's what it feels like anyways. And, you know, spoiler Doing this podcast every week is not like enough for me to justify like what I do for a living. This is a thing that generates no money. You know, I, I like doing it. I like that our fans have been responsive. I have to, to tell it. your girlfriend's parents that I, I'm a pod, yeah. That's I'm all. A, I'm not even a rapper anymore. I wish I could podcaster. get that title back on my business card. But it's been, um, you know, it feels invalidating a lot this year. And uh, <clears throat> there's not like one thing keeping me going, but there's been a lot of like needing to pull myself out of the fucking gutter type of mentality and like 
and then I try and then I can't. And just basically making peace with the fact that I'm just not going to get a lot of shit done this year. I'm, I'm glad we've been able to do what we can. We figured out the beginning phases. We're going to fix the resolution and even uh, make the audio better for future streams, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to get our studio back up. And it just takes time. I got the speaker's dead. I got to go repair that and see how much that's going to cost. And it's like, instead of just like kicking dust and being like, God fucking damn it, which is my instinct, I'm just going to have to spend some time the rest of this year. That's already been an unproductive year, like right. getting everything set for next year. I guess that's what's keeping me going. The hope and the, like in my head, the reality that... I don't want to say like back to normal, but in my life, like as far as even if I'm stuck at home for a fucking year, I should be able to like go write and record and be motivated and know I can get that work done whenever I want without constant like software issues, hardware issues, noisy neighbor issues. Like I'm probably going to move within a year or when my lease is up, uh, you know, and that's going to be something else. Um, but yeah, that's what's keeping me going is the still striving for a fucking better situation than this. And it, the bar is pretty low. Anything's better than this fucking year for everybody for lots of reasons. So when there's less pandemic right. bullshit, that'll be better. When people can get safely back to work and school more so, that'll be better. When I can just, you know, record music with term or alone or whatever more often and like comfortably without being fucking derailed instantly every time I try for months, that's been hard for me just feeling unproductive. And like I try to read more books. I just read a book and I, it was okay. Uh, you know, but it's like it's not it's not that doesn't like validate I'm my day amazed, like, uh, like creating something. My ex girlfriend, I follow her uh, on socials, and I'll see that she'll like post a book, uh, like having already finished it, but post like I hated this book. I'm always amazed when I see people who hated a book but they finished it despite yeah. that. I no? just read a book that I wasn't enjoying all that much. It was right. a Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. And you started with the wrong one, maybe. Maybe I and I, I bought uh, another of his books. I'm still going to read that. I'm looking forward to reading the other one. Mm -hmm. um, but by the end, I finished it this morning, and it was I did enjoy it more by the end. You know, I wouldn't. I would have stopped. I I also like can't like not finish stuff. Like I, right. even if I don't like a book and it takes me a long ass time, I, I usually finish it. A certain amount through it. If I get like 20 pages in and I'm like, I'm hating this. If you check out early enough, maybe. Right. Yeah. But if I get like a hundred or so in, now I have to just on principle finish this thing that I'm not well, enjoying. I feel like part of what, I don't know. There's just like, you know, this. Vonnegut at his finest, satirically hilarious, apocalyptic view of the that type of. He's novel. an easy guy that like can be overhyped, right? But that's uh, that's sort of how it not was. was like, I just didn't brilliant. find it like hilariously funny, and I feel like I was kind of missold on what I thought the book was going to be. But it was still a good book. I just had to like curb my expectations and be like, by the end, it's ultimately a statement on like science versus religion, and when you combine those things with stupid people. And as well as like the technological advances that are very more futuristic in the book. But it's like, yeah, stupid people plus technology is going to like ruin humanity. And I agree with that. That still holds up today, having been written decades ago. Oh, yeah. I think that's uh, on the horizon. Hey, yo. Um, that said, I think, I think that was the last one. Was there one more? Hmm? Huh? Yeah, that was it. All right, the end, everybody. TPSreportsPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, 708-797-3079. Give us a ring. Give us a call. Send us an email. Send us fan mail to the Palmer Squares, P.O. Box 25627, Chicago, Illinois, 60625. And be like this last guy who spent $75 at SpookyLanguage.com slash shop. $75 minimum. Minimum. SpookyLanguage.com slash shop. And again, uh, with or without it, our newest album from... 
2020. You know, still available on vinyl at uh, bishoprecords.com. The one where on the front and back we're posing with all of this equipment that we got from a certain loser that nobody likes anymore. <laughs> uh, all of this yeah, equipment, I mean, which we, is now we, like we, that was gone, gone to shit. It was our equipment. All this equipment that like doesn't work anymore and some just things, crashes every time we use some it. Some things just don't really uh, work as well 10 years later and you have to start over. It's a cool picture. And that's not a, necessarily a bad thing. That's, that's what's hard to wrap my head around sometimes is... Uh, starting over entirely on stuff. Um, this comes out Wednesday. Our, maybe our country's maybe starting society over. Maybe society starts. Humanity's going to start all over. Maybe not. Maybe. I, you know what I'm banking? Probably not. That's my assumption. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be great. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's it. Oh, I was going to read the last 10 YouTubes, but frick it. Here's the first one. Bro. Nice. Yeah, we don't. That's probably more of the same. A lot of stuff on the stream, though. If you didn't catch the TPS live stream, live stream, that's still up. You can still throw us a donation if you feel so inclined. I saw oh, two or three people donate after, you know, the next day. So thank you to everybody. Like I said, that, those funds, much like our, you know, patreon.com slash Palmer Squares funds, that stuff is going to be really helpful, uh, <laughs> has been helpful for us uh, in the recent past, especially this year, and especially. Uh, between now and the end of the year because we got to fix our studio and we're going to get back to work so that 2021 can be uh, more productive than this year. We'll figure it out. We just have to keep rolling with the punches. We're in good shape because we're in good hands. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else? Mm, Let's get out of here with something. Sandy Hook is hoax. Oh my God. (laughs) I was going to say, I want to end with a a song by a uh, very talented Chicago artist. Yomi has a new album out called uh, Selenite, I believe. This is a song called Air. She probably wouldn't appreciate <laughs> calling Sandy Hook a hoax right before her How, You nice don't know plug. where Yomi stands on this whole thing? I don't. You know, Maybe I shouldn't put words in her mouth. Maybe she was click-clacking away on the internet <laughs> like I was at that time <laughs> in my life. Uh, really, um, you know, maybe an underrated, certainly underrated Chicago artist who's just super Underrated dope, super conspiracy, talented. for sure. Come on, man. Let me just get the plug in. Uh, this is Air by Yomi. And uh, we'll see you next week on the TPS Reports podcast. Smooches. Kill Whitey. I don't know if this is real. When fate came in and sealed the deal. And stories coming to an end. Before we get to finish them. And things aren't always what they seem And life ain't all but just a dream The wounds are real, I feel them deep For now I sing myself to sleep